Well, how has everybody been? Over the past couple weeks, we've been going through the book of Proverbs. Um, Mark has been doing one Proverbs a day. You know, there's 31 Proverbs. So for each day of the month, he's following. Has anybody been doing that? Good. Okay. Proverbs teaches us wisdom. The choices you make in life will determine your destination. Our passage today is Proverbs chapter 4, 25 through 27. Let's read it together. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. This passage teaches us how to walk life's path successfully. It shows us four keys to success in life. The first key is to fix your eyes on Jesus. In Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. When Mark and I were first married, I was a student at UH, and he was working as a manager at a small retail store. I graduated, then found a job, and um, then Mark found another job as an appraiser. His boss really liked him and wanted to train him in the field. It seemed like a great career. Um, The first day he went to work, he came home, and he was excitedly telling me how nice the office was and the things that the boss told him, how the boss seemed like a great boss. He wanted to train him. He knew he had no experience. He was telling me how, you know, appraiser career, I think they end up paying pretty good in the long run. And so um, we were all excited. And then he paused and he said, "Um, but Joe, I feel like I'm called to full-time ministry. And my first response was, can you, like, try your new job out a little bit? Like, you know, you got a good job. <laughs> but I didn't fight him. He goes, no, I really feel God calling me. So I didn't fight him. I said, okay. Because actually the Lord had told me he wanted me to be a pastor's wife. I was just fighting it. And um, so when Mark, when Mark said that, I'm like, oh, well, God had prepared me for it. And then um, we started preparing for seminary. He quit his job. He started taking classes, um, Greek classes in preparation for seminary. He took part-time jobs. That was like kind of an outreach ministry. And the Lord, in our preparation, gave me this passage, Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Um, It's been 30 years since Mark started his first Um, job at Monolo Gardens Missionary Church. He was a youth pastor there. Time really flies, and God has been faithful. I can testify to his faithfulness and goodness. He indeed has provided all we needed, from seminary fees, we took out no loan, to all our, you know, regular needs, even though um, we were working like only one, while he was in seminary, I was the only one working. And then when um, he um, got this job, um, a little while later I got pregnant, and so he was the only one working. (laughs) Mm. We did go through hard times, but God pulled us through. God was indeed true to his promise that when we sought first his kingdom and his righteousness, he's going to give us all our needs. Um, um, Over the years, you know, I would pray and seek the Lord, and he would 
Once in a while, I'd hear him tell me stuff, and one thing he would tell me over and over, trust me to see you through. When I hear that, it tells me hard times coming, so to trust him to see you through. Indeed, hard times will come, but he has been with us through the hard times he's always pulled us through. When you step into what God is calling you to do, especially if you feel like you cannot do it or don't want to, like me, if you step in, his hands will move. Then it becomes fun. It becomes fun to be a part of what God is doing if you do it his way. Once you get past the insecurity, the anxiety, and the stress of what God wants you to do, when you trust him, then he will work and move through you and in you. Then it becomes fun. Christianity only works because God is a living God and he is true to his promises. He wants to work in and through our lives, but it will only work if we trust and obey him. Seek first the kingdom of God. What is God calling you to do in your life? Have you asked him? Ask him, then say yes to him. Then you'll be able to watch and see his hand move through you and for you. This key is the most important key to success in life. Seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness, for it sets your path. It's never too late either. Start today to seek first God's kingdom and his call for your life. The second key that we find in this Proverbs passage to walking successfully in life's path is we mark out a straight path by having the word of God in your heart and be sure to follow with your feet. This is something that nobody can do for you. The pastor can speak a scripture like this, but only you can put God's word in your heart. You have to do it yourself. In Joshua 1.8, the scripture says, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in everything you do. The word of God is described in the Bible as our daily bread. In Matthew 4.4, Jesus was in the wilderness. The devil tempted him, and he replied to the devil with this passage, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word of God is our spiritual nourishment. Without nourishment, physically we die. Everybody here is eating regularly. So you're healthy spiritually, uh, physically. The same true is for our spiritual being. If you're partaking regularly, daily in God's word, you'll be healthy spiritually. Every word of God is true, and it's life-giving when we cherish God's word in our hearts. I grew up in church since I was five years old. We were led to memorize verses. So by the time I was an adult, I knew quite a bit. I would flip through my Bible to my favorite passages. But after we started this church here at KCF, the Lord started instructing the prayer team daily in my word. So I want to pass it on to you. Daily in my word is what the Lord is saying. Mark introduced the Bible journaling method found in the Divine Mentor. Who here has gone through the Divine Mentor? It's the SOAP, the Scripture Observation Application Prayer um, Method. Um, so um, Mark started doing it with our family first, the kids and he and I. 
And um, we would read a passage of the Bible, like we were going through from cover to cover, so we didn't skip around like I, how I grew up, just picking favorite verses here and there. We were reading cover to cover, and in the passage that we read for the day, we choose one scripture that we felt like God was speaking to us, that popped out at us. And so we would write, that's the S, scripture. The O would be the observation, and that is, what is God telling you through that passage you picked? A is application, how will you apply it to your life? And the most important, in my viewpoint, is the P, prayer it in. Because apart from God, we can do nothing. We can want to do it, but it won't happen unless we ask God to help us. In our meetings, we would share what we found during the week, so that really encouraged us to keep doing it, because anybody tried to do it by yourself, it's easy just to not do it, right? Um, So we would share, and um, there's one, and I, I call it gems. So every day, you're reading, like, couple chapters, and then you're looking through the chapter for one gem. And the, the reason that's important is because you're pondering it long enough, so you're pulling it out from the Word and putting it in your heart. There's one gem that, gosh, how many years ago it's been, years, and I still remember it. But it wasn't my gem. It was my friend's gem. And um, it's so crazy. We read the same passage, and I didn't even see it. So I'm going to share it with you today because it's really a cool gem. It's found in 2 Kings 1. From verses 2 to 4, one day Israel's new king, Ahaziah, fell through the lattice work of an upper room at his palace in Samaria and was severely injured. So he sent messengers to the temple of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether he would recover. But the angel of the Lord told Elijah, who was from Tishbe, go and confront the messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them, is there no god in Israel? Why are you going to Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether the king will recover? Now, therefore, this is what the Lord says. You will never leave this bed you're lying on. You will surely die. So Elijah went to deliver the message. The messengers um, got the message from Elijah. Then they went back to the king. And the king was furious, like, who is this one who said this to you? And he was like, go and get him. From verses 9, then, he sent an army captain with 50 soldiers to arrest him. They found him sitting on top of a hill. The captain said to him, Man of God, the king has commanded you to come down with us. But Elijah replied, he knew what was going to happen to him, right? So he replied to the captain, If I'm a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your 50 men. Then fire fell from heaven and killed them all. So the king sent another captain with 50 men. The captain said to him, Man of God, the king demands that you come down at once. And Elijah replied, If I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your 50 men. And again, fire from God, the fire of God fell from heaven and killed them all. Once more, the king sent a third captain with 50 men. But this time, the captain went up the hill fell to his knees before Elijah and pleaded with him, O man of God, please spare my life and the lives of these, your 50 men. See how the fire from heaven came down and destroyed the first two groups, but now please spare my life. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him and don't be afraid of him. So Elijah got up and went with him to the king. So my friend's observation of this passage, her gem was... God is a God to be feared. Did you see that fire fell down from heaven and consumed the 50 men when, his, when Elijah spoke it out? But when the third captain humbled himself 
and came before, the, came before Elijah with humility, honor, and respect. Then God told the angel to tell Elijah, go down with him. It's going to be okay. So that, that 50 men and the captain were spared. As well as when Elijah went down, he was safe. To this day, my friend does this. When I pray with her, I call her up. She humbles herself before the Lord, and she comes before God with much respect, much honor, and with humility. And I see that the Lord moves with favor and grace in her life. Isn't that a cool gem? Yeah. Okay. After learning how to journal, then the Lord led the prayer team to memorize. Not verses, because when I was little, I would memorize verses. The first thing he told us to do was memorize books set in Psalm 91. And, you know, at my age, I like, when I was young, I could memorize them. At my age, it's like so hard. But I did it and found that it's so powerful. It might have been, if I can do it, you can do it. We know that the Lord, the Bible says that God's word is our daily bread, right? But the Bible also say, says that the word of God is our sword, Ephesians 6, 10 to 12 said a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, when you read this passage, you notice that God is telling us to put it on. How do we pick up the sword? We put his word in our hearts. How do we put um, the breastplate of righteousness? We turn from evil and walk in God's righteousness. It's us putting it on if we want to stand firm in our faith and in our walks with Jesus. When the devil attacks us, we can fight him off with the word of God because it's our sword. And I just want to interject that you see that passage we just read? All the armor is all defensive. The enemy beats you and you got your righteousness. The enemy shoots arrow, you got your shield. The enemy bashes your head, you got your helmet. The only thing that's um, like offensive is the sword. That you can cut through the lies of the enemy with the sword of the Lord if you have it in your heart. For example, when the devil attacks us with fear, sometimes have you ever felt gripping fear? You experienced a situation where you felt gripping fear? Anybody here? I did. In fact, that was one of like my training grounds. <laughs> I would just get gripping fear. So I learned to pull out my sword. Take a pencil and paper and write this down if you want to face fear with the sword of the Lord. Psalm 56, 3. When I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God will I trust 
I will not be afraid. You can use this sword to cut off the spirit of fear that is coming against you. You grab hold of this word, resist the devil with it, and then draw near to God. Help me, Lord. Deliver me from my fears. When we are attacked with anxious thoughts, anybody here get attacked with anxious thoughts? Yeah. We pull out Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all comprehension will guard over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The first part of this verse, if you notice, it requires our action. God isn't just going to take it away. He's giving you weapons of warfare to use so that you can stand. The first part is you get it out of you and you give it all to God. All the anxiety in you, Lord, I give you my anxiety for whatever it might be, my health. In you, Lord, will I put my trust. Then God promises. And then, you, and then the next step that it says here is to give thanks. So when you know God got your situation, then you say, thank you, Lord, for taking care of it. Then you receive his peace. It's not an easy exercise. We are battling with powers in the unseen world. We win when we turn to God, trust him, and walk in his word. Have you ever had bombardment of negative or evil thoughts? Anybody? Only me? (laughs) We pull out our sword. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus. When negativity and evil thoughts bombard us, where is that coming from, right? Then we can declare verse 5, I take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus. Then we cry out to the Lord for help. Help me, Lord. Get these evil thoughts away from me. We don't have to let dark spirits overrun our minds with evil negative thoughts. Resist the devil with God's word, then draw near to God. Help me, Lord, and God will help. Are you making time to put God's word in your heart and to obey them? It won't be easy. The devil doesn't want you to do it. There will be all kinds of distractions and busyness. But God wants you to put his word in your heart because it is your spiritual nourishment and it is your sword. While there's still time, work to put God's word in your heart by being daily in his word and memorizing his promises. Start with Psalm 91. It's a psalm of protection. Okay, the third key to success is stay on the safe path by calling on God when you need help. Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exults, and with my song, I shall thank him. God is almighty, we are not. The devil is stronger and smarter than us, but he's not stronger and smarter than God. So stay on the safe path when we declare in our heart, as the psalmist did, God is my strength and shield. The battle we're in is over our souls, your soul and my soul. Who will we listen to? Who will we follow? Who will we live for? God loves you and me. 
He has our best interest in mind, even beyond this life. That is why he sent Jesus to die for us, so we can be reconciled to God. It's because he did it because he loves us. The devil, on the other hand, has no good intentions toward us. He doesn't want us to follow God. He will urge us to turn away from God and live for ourselves. He'll use intimidation and violence or temptation to get us to follow him. When we choose to resist the devil and draw near to God, we win. It may cost us to do so. Around the world, many Christians are losing jobs, homes, and even their lives for standing in their faith in Jesus. But we will ultimately win if we stay on God's side because there is eternity beyond this life. 1 Peter chapter 1, from verse 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. I was looking back at my journal back in 2016, I, was, um, I noticed in my journal, I was reading Jeremiah 2 to 5. And at that point, I felt the Lord say, those who turn away from me will be punished. Fear the Lord your God and know his ways. Staying on the safe path means staying on God's path. For our real reward and inheritance as Christ followers will come when he comes back or when we cross over in, into eternity when we get to heaven. As we read in 1 Peter verse 5, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation. We stand the safe path by God's power, so call on him when you need help. Acts 2.21, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Don't expect, I don't, that I'm strong enough to stand. I always call on the Lord. Lord, help me. <laughs> And God answers. That's why I'm standing here today. That's the only reason. God also had been saying to me in my journaling times, dark times are coming and are already here. Do you see it? Do you see the dark times? You just need to look at the news with the natural disasters, but also all the murderings, the craziness. Dark times are already here. He said to me, I'm with you in the darkness. The Bible teaches us that the end days will be difficult. For Christians, and we will need to endure and persevere in faith and love. When you feel darkness shrouding you, call on the Lord and trust Him, for He promises that all who call on the Lord will be saved, and trust Him and He will see you through. BibleGateway.com, you can find it on the internet, BibleGateway.com. It's an excellent site 
to search the Bible. Um, you just type under the keywords end days or last days, or you read Revelations to see what will happen in the future. Psalm 91 says, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. Call on the Lord and stay on the safe path. The fourth key that we get from this Proverbs passage, don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run the race with, that God has set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy waiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. We will run with endurance the race God has set before us by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Understand and know that we are in a battle. And the power you have in your hand is your choice. Regarding not getting sidetracked, the Lord gave me a word a couple of years ago, and I wanted to pass it on to you. The word is, watch what your eyes see, guard your eye gates. Watch what your eyes see, guard your eye gates. Actually, I pondered when he gave me that word what it meant. I think it's what you watch or look at. What you watch or look at enters your mind and heart. It's a warning. And he calls it eye gates because you can open and shut gates. You can choose what you're going to let in to your, through your eyes. There's a lot of shiny, blinging things in this world that tries to get our attention to sidetrack us. There's a lot of things that we watch, movies, videos, dramas, that without realizing it will mold the way, way we think. But when the Lord called it eye gates, I was just... Just today, this morning, I was thinking of it. It's like, um, actually, when you watch things that are not good, like dark spirits come in. So the Lord is saying, watch your eye gaze. So if you see, that, oh, that's not good, don't watch it. I would say, avert your eyes. The reason I say this is because Luke 11, verse 34 to 36 says, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight were filling you with light. So I think with the eye gates, it's like we're letting darkness in when we watch things we shouldn't be watching, and that will sidetrack us. You know, I mentioned earlier about the, using the scriptures when things come at you, whether it be fear, anxiety, or evil thoughts, that could be the stuff we're letting in. So we can fight it at that point when, we, when, it's, when it's obvious to us, or we can fight it at this point by not even letting it in. Um, avert your eyes. Choose not to watch what is evil or not from the Lord. Guard your eye gates. Hebrews 12 exhorts us to strip off every weight that slows us down, 
especially the sin that trips us up so we don't get sidetracked. And we know, um, all know First uh, John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So start there. Get those dark spirits out of you so you can be filled with God's light. The other day I read an article by this fellow, Jojo Dawson, who founded a ministry in a church in Texas, and this is what he wrote. He saw a vision. The Lord showed me a vision of many angels with arrows in their hands. The Lord was saying, the arrows are my people. When they point their lives straight, they will be shot straight into their destinies. Position yourself to be used mightily by God. Acceleration is coming like we have never experienced before. Impartation that far surpasses anything we ever had before is being released. And the manifestation of promises coming to pass are so close and are already happening. Right now in the body of Christ, this is a key season for God's people to get ready. And that's my exhortation for you today. Let's get ready. My hope is that you will position yourself to be used mightily by God, that you will use the time you have to get ready. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Mark out a straight path. Have the word of God in your heart and follow in obedience with your feet. Stay on the safe path. Call on him when you need help. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Watch what your eyes see. Guard your eye gates. The Lord is calling you to him. As we were worshiping this morning, I felt the Lord wanted me to tell you that he loves you. God loves you so much. And he also wanted me to tell you, I'm coming soon. So let's get ready for him. The battle for your soul and the power you have in your hand is your choice. Like the captain in Elijah's story, humble yourself before the Lord with respect and honor and open your heart to God. He is a God to be feared, but he loves you and he will lead you safely through life through faith in Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we just give thanks to you for this message that you've given us today. And if you feel like you want to do what the captain did, humble yourself. That you want to walk as seeking first God's kingdom that you want to have his word in your heart to nourish and to be your sword, that you want to stay on the safe path so you can successfully cross the finish line of life and ending up in heaven, and that you don't want to get sidetracked. Pray with me, Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Thank you for loving me so much and for saving me. Help me now, Lord, to seek first your kingdom. This day, Lord, I choose to do it. Open my ears to hear your direction for my life so that I can walk in it and then help me to walk it. Help me to get your word in my heart, Lord, to memorize and to spend daily time with you. Help me to remember, Lord, that any battles that I face, you never mean for me to face alone, that I just, you're just a call away that you'll answer those who call on you. We just bless your name, O oh Lord. Come, let your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life, I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Before we do the closing song, I'd like to share one more thing. In Job 22 through 28, it says, You will decree a thing and it will be established for you, and light will shine on your ways. So, actually, September 9th at sundown, it marks the start of a Jewish new year, Rosh Hashanah. And the significance with the Jewish calendar is that God's times and season, He bases it on the Jewish calendar. So as we start this new year, let's do it with two feet in God's path, seeking first His kingdom, being de determined to be daily in the Word, to call on Him whenever you need help, um, and to close my eye gates. Close those gates so that evil cannot get in you. These are decrees that um, a pastor from LA. I'm borrowing it from him. His name was Dr.、Um, Pastor Ben Lim. And because it's the new year, I thought it'd be really cool for us as KCF to、um, dec decree it. Decree these scriptural based decrees so that we can invite it into our new year. Let's stand. You guys want to do that? Yes. Okay. So there's seven of them. And I'm going to read it. Just repeat after me. I decree I am the head and not the tail. The Lord my God is bringing me up and is turning things around in my life. I will be ahead of the rest and I will be coming up in Jesus' name. I decree and declare that I'm about to taste and see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. And I'm about to taste of the sweetness of the Lord. He is turning all my bitter into sweet. I will fully experience the promises of his word. I decree a restoration of all that was lost and stolen from me. And my family, whatever the thief tried to take from my finances, my health, my restoration, my ministry, and my business, I take it back now and I receive my restoration today. In Jesus' name, I decree a spirit of restitution to take over in Jesus' name. The enemy will pay back seven times, pay back seven times. Over, and over and even more. I decree, I decree and declare that I am ready to receive that restitution, restitution. and the honor that is for the shame and for the arbitration. I decree a renewing and a renewal of all things. I am coming into the new. The Lord is making me new, for I am a new creation. I am coming into a new shift and alignment in the Spirit. I am making all things new, says the Lord. Okay. I decree that I am entering into the best year of my life. This is going to be my year. I'm going to have the best times of my life. 
and the most outlandish encounters and experiences with the Holy Spirit. I decree that I'm entering into the greatest breakthrough of all. The Lord is about to release a blast of breakthrough into my spirit and out of me in Jesus' name. I will shout and praise aloud of the works of the Lord. Okay, thank you, Lord. as we stood and as we declared um, the new things of God you know it's just exciting we just sense that God is doing something different new and that there's going to be breakthrough and for us just to continue to trust the Lord right? trust that God is going to do things in his timing God is going to give us that strength